Ladies and gentlemen, this picture contains scenes which under no circumstance should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. Hey, welcome back to Caustic Content, the show where two lifelong friends square off in a never-ending battle to find the absolute worst thing streaming on the internet. Joining me as always, I got Adam Myros here. Hello, Steve. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing great. We watched a, a, a thrilling slate of films for this episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel good about these as well. And, uh, you know, I found God, so that's what really counts at the end of the day. <laughs> now, Did God have a grin? <laughs> Did God have a grin? Yeah, he was smiling down on me with his beautiful holy light. And if you're wondering who that third voice is, we've, we've brought in a third party uh, voice to break our long-standing stalemate here. As you all know, I, I try to enter into every single one of these episodes with a uh, good faith mindset here. And I, I keep an open mind because I believe that, you know, sometimes Myros can choose a worse movie than I can. I'm willing to accept that. Myros, unfortunately, is not able to accept that, and he frequently just chooses his own movie to spite me. So now we have a tiebreaker, the arbiter of truth. Uh, Max from Good Brews, Bad Views is here. Max, how are you today? I'm doing okay. It's a, a nice uh, Sunday evening. I'm petting one of my cats and uh, trying not to think about the movies that you made me watch over the last week. So did, did you know what you're getting into? I don't know if you've listened to this series at all. Like when I was like, hey, man, you want to do a podcast? I was like, here's what you're watching. Did, did you have any clue? Well, I, I had seen <laughs> the posts for uh, caustic content, and from the titles, I could kind of um, diverge what I was getting myself into, but I hadn't actually listened to any of uh, these ones. But um, knowing you, Steve, I was uh, prepared, I guess you could say, for That's what good. was to come. <laughs> well, and, and the other good thing here is, uh, you know, like most people in the world, uh, you, you may see our tweets about these things, but no one is actually listening. Um, <laughs> can relate. Hey, that's not true. We actually cracked the iTunes charts like a week ago. So, uh, we finally made it. I told the boys it's time to buy Lamborghinis. We're here. We're podcast superstars. So anyways, I guess before we dive right into this, Max, you're going to have to learn the rules of, of how we choose these movies and what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. So Myros, for any new listeners out there and for our dear friend Max, can you can you give him the rundown of the rules? I'll do it as swiftly as possible here. Uh, we are only allowed to use what streaming services provide us when choosing these films. Uh, if they have a trailer, great. If they don't, uh, well, good luck. Uh, yeah, no external sources, no reviews, anything of that nature other than what's provided generally on Amazon because, uh, you know, they have the biggest shit repository on the Internet. Uh, we try to avoid found footage films because it gets to be awfully redundant. There's 10,000 of the exact same movie you can find on a given streaming site. Uh, we have our Godfrey Ho clause, which is to say, uh, we try to only choose this one film from each director. We cross them off a list once we've used them because Godfrey Ho being our very first episode, uh, legitimately you could choose uh, a film from him every week because he has about 500 credits and they are all equally shit nonsense. <laughs> uh... And last but not least, these cannot be films we have previously seen. We're we're going in blind. We're choosing these fresh. That's right. And then we have a we have a rule. It's not like an official rule, but just kind of a soft ban on the city of Atlanta. 
just because they had some production loopholes a few years back. Yeah, that Georgia <laughs> film credit has caused us a lot of heartache. In the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're trying to stay away from Georgia if at all possible. It's Sometimes it's unavoidable with these, but we, we do the best that we can. All right. Well, Myro, so unless you have a preference, I was thinking we'd start with my movie. That's okay with you. And I don't know. I, I couldn't find the IMDb listing. I don't know how we'll, we'll <laughs> recap this thing. It's it's impossible to say. So this movie is it's either from 2011 or 2013, depending on where you look. It's mostly 2013. So I guess we'll go with that. It is ostensibly a slasher film, and it is called Evil Has a Grin. So Adam Myros, what is Evil Has a Grin? Uh, it's, it's a high school student film. It's, it it must absolutely just be, you know, I had a video production class. I decided, uh, I didn't give a shit to put any effort into it. And, uh, maybe there was like one goth kid who was into, um, you know, Halloween USA props and fake blood. And he put a little bit of effort in, but every other person was just trying to get their like B in the class and just kind of showed up and went like, uh, (laughs) And that's and this, this some imbecile decided to put it on Amazon, and that that's what this movie is. That's, that's Saying that really, there was a video production class at this high school was generous. <laughs> yeah, I think he got a D minus if he was in there. Uh, yeah, this is who. Uh, this is not something that should be on the internet. You know, I, plenty of people you, you're dicking around with your buddies in high school or middle school and you probably film some things. That doesn't mean you should show these things to the world. And this is exhibit A for fucking sure. Uh, normally, I like to zero in with these movies on what the worst element is. But this is like, I mean, this is a real, a real special film. It's like a, a person doing a triathlon. They're just they're just incredibly talented at multiple things, and by incredibly talented, I mean incapable of doing anything even remotely competently. So I don't know, Max. What do you, what do you think is it for you? What stands out as the absolute worst thing in this movie? Um. Well, so from the description of the movie, it's supposed to be like like a, a jaunty kind of comedy horror kind of thing, and you don't really realize or at least i didn't realize that it was supposed to be like a satirical horror thing until about i don't know 30 minutes into it mind you this movie's only like 74 minutes but feels like it's three hours long oh fuck yeah Um, this is oh boy (laughs) yeah yeah there's there's so much just like lazy trope awareness that they try to kind of play off of um, that it's just eye rolling, eye rollingly bad. I I feel like um, what? the uh, there there's so many just like random characters who are there for maybe a couple minutes and then just either die or get replaced by different actors. Which I wasn't sure if that was part of like the weird like satire bit or if there actually was production issues. I'm I. Who can say? Um, so it's well, just we, it's a it's a frustrating movie to watch. We've been dealing with this level of of movie making for a while now, you know, since we started this little project. And I think this one falls under the category of we're telling you it's supposed to be satirical now, 
but only because we shot a serious movie and realized at some point that it was completely unwatchable. So now it's supposed to be that way. Ha ha. Get it? Yes, the, the Wusso <laughs> method. Yeah, the Wusso method, yes. It's a black comedy. It's not a serious drama. Yeah, I fucking bet. No, you, you were 100% in on this, and then all of a sudden you realize what you were doing. Uh, this movie is, holy shit, but... It, the cast, why don't we talk about that first? Because this is oh, something Jesus special. Oh, fuck. <laughs> could, we, could we fucking not? My God, this <laughs> Who the fuck are these people? It's just like, they all look like, I don't know, like creative writing majors who, like, they graduated and then they just all work at the post office now. They're just fucking garbage bags full of mayonnaise just wandering around on screen for 74 minutes. I cannot tell you the difference between any of these people. There's one girl who's supposed to be the slutty girl, but we only know that because she reminds us every 30 seconds about how much dick she's craving. Uh, and other yeah. than that, we don't really have a lot to go off of. And at one point, they swap out one of the main characters, some like kid in a baseball cap, for another generic white kid. And they stop the movie to tell us that they have done this and make it seem like they've done it on purpose. But honestly, if, if they wouldn't have stopped to tell me, I don't think I would have known the difference. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, who could fucking tell the difference between these people? I, I would never have known. Never. No, and there's like 12 of them. How many fucking people are in this? <laughs> and they serve zero purpose at all. This this is why I, my class theory holds water, because these people probably don't even fucking know each other. They were just like stuck in a random group in a shitty public school class that had no budget for anything beyond the DV camera, and uh, that's it. And it, they, they're not friends. They were just put together in this group project, and then this fucking imbecile, this, uh, what is his name, Donnie Martin... Yeah. Just decided that for no reason that he would put this on Amazon, and probably everyone who acts in the film, uh, if they're aware that it's online, that they're furious about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and I'm hoping, Max, you live in Michigan, so I'm actually going to make this your responsibility. This was filmed in Grand Rapids. It was filmed at uh, Calvin College and Aquinas College, just around the campus, clearly in the middle of the night. So, I mean, I think it's on you to hunt these people down and let them know that they're being, that they're just, you know, embarrassing themselves on the internet and this yeah, needs to be taken down immediately. they're bringing shame to uh, the great state of Michigan, but it's the west side of the state, so fuck them. Yeah. Um, That's Jesus yeah, I mean, Lane. it's fucking Grand Rapids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the city but itself it, brings it's, shame to Michigan. It does. It does. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that it actually was filmed in Michigan because I was looking at like the roads and the street sign and like the general like nature of the movie. And I'm like, this kind of looks like this could have been filmed out at like 26 mile. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it, it has a very like Midwestern Michigan-y vibe to it. And then when I was watching the credits and I saw the filming locations, I was like, mm hmm, that's that's good. <laughs> that and <tracks>. also <laughs> speaking of the credits. Uh, this, again, it reeks of high school kid nonsense and also Myros' theory that these were just people thrown together for a uh, class project because in addition to the thank yous and uh, also my favorite part of any low-budget movie where the director names himself for about, you know, 50 different jobs. <laughs> it's like, director, Donnie Martin, writer, Donnie Martin, producer, Donnie Martin, uh, 
line producer Donnie Martin, gaffer Donnie Martin. Uh, but at the it, end, it's also got that good thing with the the fucking names where it's like, oh, and Bill Romero and Jim yeah. Craven, and it's like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, man. Lucio Bellucci. <laughs> You're so funny. John Lovecraft. It's like, f- f- fuck off, man. Stop with this. It's not fucking funny. Yeah, <laughs> not funny. But at the end, in addition to the thank yous that they give out, they also have a no thank you to some random guy where they say like, and no thanks to Jimmy Smith, that piece of shit loser. <laughs> no, I, I have it here. It is. Well, A, there was no thanks to uh, the people who quit the project, which does lend one to believe that this meta nonsense is just a a, a phony cover-up for a uh, troubled uh, $1 production. But also fuck the haters. Uh, Yeah, so it has a fuck the haters, and then it also specifically threatens someone named Toby. It says, no thanks to Toby, in parentheses, you will find out what this means. So I'm like, okay, there's going to be like a stinger. Like there's going to be some reference to Toby at the very end of this. Or No, there's no reference to Toby. The no, audience isn't going to find out what this means. So I, I guess Toby himself is going to find out what this no thanks means. I I, I think that the director is, is actually threatening this, this poor Toby gentleman. Yeah, I think actually Toby is this- probably <laughs> like the person who has to like watch all the film projects at the end of the semester, you know, <laughs> so they're just like, fuck you, Toby, you got to watch this 74 minute, you know, slow, laborious train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that we should just turn this into a true crime podcast and we should look up West Michigan cold cases where teenagers slash early 20 somethings named Toby are brutally murdered. And then we can we can get Donnie Martin put in jail where he belongs. <laughs> Part of me has a, has a suspicion that Donnie Martin is a gnome de plume. It just I don't know. I just no one that it, it seems like a very like boomery kind of name like Donnie Martin. And, yeah. and I don't think anyone that old is involved in a movie this bad made in 2013. Well, you'd be surprised. You should listen to the podcast more. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. Uh, at the same time, Donnie seems very proud of his work because of the number of times he lists himself in the credits. So, it's the John really DeHart School of Directing. It is the yeah, John I mean, DeHart School of Directing. I mean, this, this movie literally wouldn't... It, there would be no physical evidence of its existence unless someone was putting forth the effort to... To put it out there, which I'm going to assume is probably Donnie Martin himself. So, yeah, I I bet you this person has some very ill-advised pride in this work. (laughs) Donnie, if you're listening, uh, first of all, what the fuck, man? Second of all, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. I want to know if you're proud of this or not. Uh, I'm disappointed in you personally. Coming from an adult so it, standpoint. Do we like plot synopsis this thing at all? Like, it's I mean, just how people... do you plot synopsis it? Okay, so here's the plot. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, a, a girl jumps out in front of a car, which is, uh, it is a sure. clown car because it's full of 12 teenagers. And well, that's, that's thematically relevant, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's a clown film. Clown film, clown car. And then she says, uh, well, they, they, they just dick around and are concerned because there's something wrong with the car and then another car stops full of more teenagers 
And then the girl who they almost ran into is still just standing around. She goes, hey, a guy in a mask tried to kill my friends in the woods. And then everybody goes, okay, let's go in the woods. And they do. And then there's more kids in the woods who are not related to either of the cars or her friends that were there originally. And then they go to a house, which is definitely a house, but it's supposed to be an insane asylum. And then a guy. No, in a I don't clown. think it is a house. I think it's a campus building because it has like prominence, like uh, no smoking allowed in this building signs. Okay. All right. So it's, it's a campus building somewhere on the Calvin College campus. And then <laughs> the clown mask guy kills some people. And yeah, then they, yeah. they eventually, and when I say the clown mask guy kills some people, get, this is a 74 minute film and we're well past the halfway mark before any of that starts happening. Uh, and then Twisteroo, there's a satanic cult and the girl escapes with the black guy who has a gun. And why does he have a gun? I don't know why he has a gun. It was in the uh, it was in the glove box of the car when he oh. got spooked, and then he's not seen for like fifty minutes. And at that point, I'm like, "Hey, what happened to the black guy?" And the black guy shows up with the gun, and then just kills all the cultists. Why are we driving around with a pistol in our glove box? I don't. <laughs> is that something? Because I mean, you it is could do West that in Michigan. Michigan, I believe. Yeah, you could do that in Michigan. You're right, especially West Michigan, hillbilly country, Jesus land. Uh yeah, but. I mean, if we're really talking about the plot here, it's people walking in the woods. That's it. That is the bulk yes. of this film. Sure and, sure. and it's pitch black because it takes place at night. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the entire thing seems to be lit by like one of those really bright, harsh LED construction lights. So everything is completely black except for whatever they point this horrible light at, which makes these mayonnaise children just look like fucking washed out ass. And the other I'm part, I guess they probably use the onboard microphone here. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the other part. That's kind of a, a serious issue in this movie because, Oh boy, the sound. Now we've come to expect bad sound in, in the movies that we watch. This is, this is par for the course, but this is, this is special shit that's going on here because it's either the loudest leaf crunching noises that you have ever heard in your fucking life. So you're turning down the TV, but then people start talking and you can't hear shit. So you turn it back up and then the crunching comes back in. So the entire movie is just like whisper, 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 whisper. It's horrible. One of the worst I have ever experienced. This is some top level audio bangling right here. Uh, it 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 sounds impossibly bad. Like I was wearing, I had to go headphones. Like two minutes into the movie, I was like, "No fucking way! I can't. There's no way that I'm going to just be able to watch this." Uh, so yeah, I threw headphones on. I found like a vague sweet spot where I could tell what was going on, and it wasn't <laughs> blowing my eardrums out. But the entire time, it was just like. <laughs> Like, yeah. uh, uh, fuck. It's like a wall of white noise, essentially, in the yeah. background the entire time. It's un very unpleasant. Very fucking unpleasant. So it's great. We love it. It's awesome. And, hey, we'd be remiss if we didn't discuss that twisteroo, because what a twist it is. What yeah, they, <laughs> see, see, you said there was a twist coming, and I'm watching this movie, 
and they're doing this whole they're doing this whole final girl setup with this this one you know anonymous high schooler uh but they said they give her this whole backstory where she has uh, witnessed a murder, has has actually like inadvertently sort of enabled the murderer to wreak havoc in her in her apartment complex, and uh, so so they set this up, and then I'm looking for a twist, and I'm like, okay, so that's what this is going to be. It's going to be like the victims' uh, families are going to be like trying to get back at her, so they blame her for this killing or something of that nature. Sure, sure. It's 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 not. It's just. Uh, Oh, yeah, uh, Satanists. I, I don't know where that came from or what it has to do with anything or, or why it's considered a twist. You, you had this setup that went nowhere, and you have this twist that means nothing. <laughs> I, I have a theory on this, so uh, gentlemen, please, if you'll indulge me. Before we get to the, the Satan cult thing in, in the shitty basement, like this kid's mom's basement, there's this, like, surreal montage of footage so my guess is this is his oh, like God. demo yeah, reel, right? This. this is his like I I saw a David Lynch short and I'm artsy now, <laughs> and this is my demo reel that I created because I did stop motion and made a table move six inches, uh, and he said, "Well, how do I include this masterful work into a movie that has nothing to do with any of this bullshit?" And the answer was a uh, dream sequence leading into our satanic cult. And I think that's how that that's how we got to that point. But I, who can tell? It's impossible to say. I don't say. know why that needed to involve Satanism. You could have a dream sequence regardless of anything, frankly. Yeah. This well, person I, just really likes it. Silent Hill Revelation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does have a real Silent Hill vibe going. <laughs> oh, God. This is just... I, I don't know, man. It's exhausting. It, very okay, so, exhausting. <laughs> So what we do need to talk about is the most important thing in this film. Uh, I, I may have thought it was irredeemable, but then, then there was a moment at the very end where I came around on it. And it, it <laughs> suddenly became uproarious to me. <laughs> it suddenly became uh, a hilarious comedy where... So the movie is over. The people have, have escaped the Satanists and they're exiting the woods. And then the film just focuses on this fucking contrail in the sky. Just a goddamn jet flying by. It, 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 it focuses on it for like 30 seconds. And I'm like, what in the fuck is this? Dude, it's because it's, it's, like, it's not a contrail. It's a chemtrail. And that's what caused the satanic yeah. cult to go crazy. Come on. <laughs> Maybe that's what affected the, the fucking writer director's thinking process. You know, too many, <laughs> too much exposure to chemtrails. Uh, yeah, it, it. I just couldn't stop laughing because this fucking shot of a, a a contrail as if it's some symbolic significance. Like, it's just some numbskull pointed their fucking DV cam up into the sky because they saw a jet flying by and thought it was cool. As if that's not something you see fucking thirty times a day every day in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty impressive. I and mean, this between... is what brought you around on the movie, Tyrus? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was just transcendentally stupid. I, I just I just started cracking up with this. <laughs> this is see, this is what he does, Max. This is and this is how he's gonna go. And that's why my movie was worse, because the contrail scene. <laughs> that saved the whole thing. It's the contrail. 
Yeah, uh, well, I, I don't mean, know. You know, I don't have to make that argument anymore, Steve. We have ourselves an arbiter. <laughs> yeah, we do have an arbiter. That's true. That's true. You know, you're trying to manipulate his his you know his feeble mind. Sorry, Max. Uh, yeah. And and I I see through your bullshit. I I do have a revelation to drop that will blow your guys' mind, though. All right, please tell me you're friends with this Donnie guy on Facebook, or you know his brother I am not, or something. But but. I was just scrolling down the, the Amazon Prime video page for just to see, like, if there are any other related media or reviews or anything. And there is one review that sticks out. Let's see. Where was it? Uh, five stars. Entertaining and funny. Reviewed in November 13, 2019 from someone named Eric Hollis. This movie is lit up! Exclamation point. Too bad Toby does not like you, Brookie, a.k.a. Donnie in quote marks. Ooh. So, so Donnie probably is a fake name, and his name is Brookie. Donnie. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Okay. The plot so thickens. Also, now, that implies only... that this, this Eric Hollis person knows the people involved in the production of this movie. Yeah. And Toby I just doesn't wish like his him. review was a little more accurate in that the movie was, in fact, lit up in any fucking way whatsoever. <laughs> Please, God, light the frame, you motherfuckers. <laughs> no, there's there's zero light. It's weird, too, because I there's one review on Letterboxd other than the one that I left, and it's like a three-star review, and they're like, oh, it's kind of a fun slasher and blah, 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 and it's surprisingly well lit. So what is your criteria for surprisingly well lit? Like, there is a light, and it is extremely bright? Like, that's not the same as well lit. <laughs> Another one of the reviews says, however, make sure you don't wear headphones. Your ears will thank you. Yeah, that's that's accurate. Uh, I actually I was looking at at because I was trying to find we we try to find either positive or negative assessments of the movie so we can kind of contextualize it with our own experiences. And I'm actually a big fan of the one review on the Amazon UK Prime video page, uh, which the title it's one star. And it's it's written by a guy named John B., but because it's the UK, I choose to believe it's actually Prince Charles. And he says, better to wipe poop over the TV and watch it. <laughs> and the review just says, oh, my God, no. Better to wipe poop over the TV and watch it dry. So, uh, yeah, I guess I would rather smear my TV with shit than watch this again. It's fairly accurate. So thank you, UK. Appreciate what you're doing. Uh, I also want to give a special shout out to to whoever this uh, high school Asian girl is because my god this is especially a bad performer just like (laughs) unbelievably fucking terrible just like the absence of screen presence a black hole every time they they (laughs) enter the frame I'm just like what 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 am I watching yeah she's pretty awesome I mean again it's this is a, a cast of a dozen people all of which who are terrible and largely you know nondescript bad they're all just equally bad but she really shines absolutely shines (laughs) beautiful stuff well i guess we can we can move on to our second film choice because you know this this movie really blinded us with darkness but much like paul in the bible or should i say saul on the road to damascus our next film blinded us with the light of jesus and help me see the way. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I, I feel revitalized after watching this. So, Maros, your choice was Road to 
Damascus. And yeah, yeah. I I chose this film because I watched the trailer and it started with this credit about editing your film dot com or something like that. So I'm yeah. like, oh boy, I, I'm <laughs> going to guess that this credits. was. <laughs> yeah, I I so I assumed. Uh, based on that trailer, that probably the people who made this had just used some sort of bizarre online uh, freeware to edit their film and uh, had not paid what is what is presumably a rather nominal fee to have that uh, removed from the final cut and just put it on Amazon. So I'm like, oh, that that bodes well. But apparently there's another story behind that uh, that we'll get to eventually. And it, it's unfortunately not quite as shoddy as I initially believed, but uh no. Nonetheless, it is pretty spectacularly awful. Max, since you are the guest of honor, I'm going to give you the honor of answering this question. What is Road to Damascus? Well, Road to Damascus is Number two. a... Number <laughs> Road to Damascus is a African-American faith-based film where a pastor by the name of Paul, has to decide uh, whether or not to return to the world of secular music with his um, Grammy, uh, multi-Grammy winning uh, group, The Teardrops. Four-time Grammy winners. Four-time Grammy winner, 10 platinum albums, um, su- supremely successful, has to decide whether or not to uh, return to a one-year tour which will net him um, at minimum $10 million, (laughs) um, which he will use towards uh, building a new church for his um, parishioners. Mm -hmm. And uh, during the uh, film, you, you know, you see him struggling to decide whether or not to return to music, what his uh, wife thinks about it. um, And the mishaps that occur, uh, once Paul decides to return to uh, life on the road, as he falls quite, quite quickly. <laughs> Does he ever? <laughs> oh, oh, in spectacular fashion! Absolutely love it. <laughs> this I is, like the math whoo. on this too, because the tour they're promised beforehand and upfront of $10 million for the group. So there's four of them. We'll say he's handed $2.5 million upfront guaranteed $30 million estimated that they will make $300 million. Mm-hmm. So how on earth is he like a, in a crack den by the end of this fucking movie? How much money did he spend on crack exactly? <laughs> I don't know. He goes pretty hard. Yeah, I mean, he he pretty much kicks ass. So the main guy, Paul, he looks like if somebody just dumped a bucket of water on Jermaine Jackson, like he's just perpetually damp, which I appreciate. I like a damp boy. And yeah, he I, I, I don't know. Like it's it's hard to see what his problems are, really. It's like his wife doesn't want him to be extremely wealthy and do coke all the time. Sounds like you need a divorce, buddy. I, I mean, there's no, there's no other way around it. Uh, and, that's and he's just, that's he's, kind of the plot of the movie, right? They should just get a divorce. It's that's like, that's well, it. Yeah, get a fucking please divorce. Please get a divorce. The movie. <laughs> yeah. I yeah I whew, th- this is a great movie because, well, one unlike some things that we watch, Myros, this movie has stuff like editing. It's got stuff like 
dolly shots, tracking shots. Things are in focus. There's there's a plot. There's a plot that you can follow. Um, uh, there's lighting. There's a, there's a... The audio levels are almost okay. There's a lot going on. And speaking of the audio, can we can we just before we get into anything else, can we talk about the banging soundtrack because it is banging. I must admit this song is amazing. Yeah. When, 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 uh, when the movie opens with that, I'm like, oh boy. I was excited for uh, what yeah. was about to happen over the next hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, I, I, I immediately was like, I've lost this. because It starts with this ridiculous goddamn scene where they're driving in a car and an old uh, Pastor Paul is just like slamming down some brandy or something. <laughs> Drink. And, and the way he scene. talks is just it's just completely absurd like this th- this fucking movie was written by someone who fancies himself like Shakespearean or something he's like my refreshments require replenishment and <laughs> they just get in this absurd fight where he's she calls him a blasphemer and he's like well I blaspheme them and they blaspheme me and I'm like what what the fuck this movie's <laughs> gonna be incredible and then it cuts to this rap sequence where he's just in front of a congregation singing that jaunty tune and i'm like oh boy i've oh, picked yeah. somehow the most entertaining movie ever made <laughs> the rap song is just it, it it's like he was like okay so can we get prey by mc hammer and they're like no that costs a lot of money and he's just like okay so what if i just kind of do it but make it a little different like, ah, that's fine that's fine and the lyrics are just, and his delivery oh he's just like a scuba doo bop a bop boop a scuba dab a deep dab boop his delivery throughout this movie is is like beyond arch. He's just like over the top. Yeah, all he's the a time. star. He's he's awesome. He, this movie would be impossible to watch if it weren't for this Sid Burston fellow. Yeah, he he's he's so good that he like he's chewing scenery even when he's like praying silently in a room on his knees. Like he just has this <laughs> presence that is unfuckwithable. So good, so good. <laughs> Uh, well, okay, so we get the rapping, and then the movie continues on its extremely just sharp upward arc into greatness, because immediately after the church service, he's outside talking to his parishioners, and a girl comes up to him, and she's just like, oh, Pastor Paul, oh my God, my panties are so wet from your sermon, if you need anything, I just want to drag my snail trails across your chest, he's like... I'm a married man. <laughs> That's pretty much how it goes. Well, this makes more sense when we get into the history of all of these people for no reason. Whereas, in fact, Pastor Paul has had sex with this woman repeatedly for many years and forced her to have like 35 abortions That's until she it. was barren. <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody's fucking everybody in this movie. Yeah. This, the- <laughs> how is this a Christian movie, by the way? What is What is this plot like? glorify god in any way it seems like the the moral of this film is that everyone who claims to be christian is a fucking huge piece of garbage <laughs> yeah no I one's mean, good in this movie there's no redeemable people the yeah pretty much well, no no the dad's not cool dad's not cool I no he's about, a dick no, too yeah, he has the final, <laughs> the, final, the, final, the final confrontation with uh uh paul and his father is not yeah he, he was uh, his father was grooming his future wife <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he had a drinking problem. I would problem. say that the, perhaps the most redeemable character is actually Peaches, the woman who who has had the 35 abortions. She seems to have, like, sort of a pure motive. She's just in love with this fucking horrible scumbag asshole. Yeah, yeah. Peaches, I mean, but even Peaches is kind of a gold digger. Like, there's that scene where they're all like, oh, we're just rich Jesus people sitting around a pool. And there's the... Uh, Whatever, the handsome, bald, handyman scumbag. And uh, he's the deacon. The deacon. Yeah. yeah. And he's just deaconing around the house. I don't know why he's there during this little fucking lady tea party. Who knows? And <laughs> they get into like the this discussions of romance. Like, oh, we all want to fuck Pastor Paul so bad. And the deacon's like, man, nobody wants to fuck me. And Peach is just like, yeah, because you're not rich, you fucking loser. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no one wants to fuck it? a deacon. Yeah, no one wants but to fuck a broke-ass deacon. The whole back half of the movie is he's, like, talking about how much money he has, and why is he a deacon in the first place? He's obviously, like, some criminal mastermind, like a drug kingpin or something. Yeah. Why is he just, like, hiding out as a deacon for some reason? Yeah, hiding out as a deacon and also is, like, weirdly fixated on fucking Paul's wife, and I don't know why you want to smush with her, because she's just, like... She looks like Ma from the movie Ma, to give yeah. you an idea. She's not, I mean, she's just like your average, overweight, like, probably late 40s woman. I don't, <laughs> she doesn't exactly ooze sex appeal. And there's no, from no, a plotline no. standpoint, I don't think there's any benefit to him porking her. Other than it's cool to fuck in her house because in the bedroom they decorated it with a bunch of wine bottles. There's just bottles of fucking arbor mist all over the place which is very cool so what? i mean <laughs> full bottles of arbor mist <laughs> i yeah, guess they bottles. have to i guess they have to fuck because he, he's driving the whole plot right the deacon has called in an assassination <laughs> on this yeah. super popular band yeah which again like what's what's the point just well, so he because can fuck he his wants wife? his wife. He wants the guy's wife. He had to have him killed or something. I don't I don't know. It's fucking okay. insane. So, so then he can become the pastor and have sex with all the honeys at the church. Yeah, there just seems like there's a better path to doing like, can't yeah, you it. Just it's keep... a very convoluted, <laughs> convoluted uh course of actions. But me personally, I, mean, I would I would just continue to fuck Paul's wife and start my own church. Why can't you just do that? You're a drug kingpin. You probably have plenty of money. It Like, money doesn't seem to be driving anything that he's doing, unless I'm missing something here. No, no, I don't believe so. <laughs> I think it's all it's all uh, jealousy, I guess. Uh, but why is this guy even in position to be jealous of Pastor Paul? Like, again, why has he placed himself in a position of subordination to this gentleman? He's obviously... Not a man of God. He has no no reason to be a deacon. No, <laughs> he in it fact could have sense. a higher standing in in society as a drug kingpin than Pastor Paul ever will, mm-hmm. and probably access to more fly honeys. Yeah, and fly honeys that's the driving force here. That's what we're all going for. I, I don't think. I don't get it. And again, but going fact, back no to one how is they're all just interested in this one fifty year old overweight woman for for no reason. I I don't understand what what the fixation is with this particular woman that every character in the movie is like. No, and she kind of sucks ass, too. Yeah, yeah, pretty horrible. Okay, to her credit, like, Paul, uh, he fucks around and he does tons of coke and whatever, but when he's like, hey, it would mean a lot to me if I could get back together with the musical group that I love, 
and I'll be clean and sober and blah, blah, blah. And she's just like, no, fuck you, you piece of shit. Don't do it. Why don't, I mean, why don't she you... does immediately like fall off the wagon. The, okay, that's after true. A, after a series of like seedy late night phone calls at like three in the morning being like, I'm a man and I've got some manly urges. <laughs> uh, I, did he want to have like phone sex with this woman? Because that, that's hilarious to me. <laughs> Pastor uh, Paul rapping his phone sex. Want to put my big dick in your butt? Want to bang you all night, little slut? Be fucking great. <laughs> it, it is. It's hard to tell how much time passes during all of this. It, no, it it's seems impossible. as if, again, his wife is being somewhat unreasonable. He seems to call her approximately 75 times and she just yeah. refuses to ever answer, answer his the call. Phone. Yeah. She's and eventually, not- you know, he has sex with someone else. So, man. Yeah, and, and she's she's concerned with the church, I guess. But wouldn't it the more reasonable thing be like, okay, why don't you take your wife on the road with you to keep you accountable and then put a deacon repairman in charge of the church or whoever in charge? There's there's plenty of options here. But well, everything God, in this movie is just extremes. The, <laughs> the church would have just been some drug front then. Good thing he foresaw that. I mean, that sounds cool and good i don't i mean <laughs> why not that also sounds like a really interesting movie that i'd like to see why why not go there sure i i don't know uh yeah i was i, I was also wondering like why not just take her on the road with you then but then i'm like well she's a psychiatrist or whatever she is and you know has to manage her troubled a counselor youths. i guess yeah, yeah. Which she kind of does a shitty job of anyways, because she oh, doesn't yeah. go on the road with him, but then she's just not paying attention to them. There's all these seeds of her, they're, they're like arguing, it's like, fuck you, I'm gonna put heroin needles in my asshole, and then she's just like, oh, staring off into space, I don't care, put whatever in your butt. Come on. Well, Be as we were told the in the hilarious uh, postscript, she was in fact st- stripped of her license for some reason. Yeah, I like I put that. that in the end credit. <laughs> just because there's, you know, we, we've all fallen short of the glory of God here, Myros. <laughs> Some of we us gotta catch up with everyone. Uh, turns out us, everyone's life is fucking ruined. I was yeah, not expecting a uh, American Graffiti. Uh, where are they now? Ending. Yeah, I. I mean, people want to know because we don't. You know, you don't know if you're going to get Road Three Damascus or not. So, <laughs> got to get it all in there. The Road Three I mean, D Damascus. Road Three D Damascus. I'd see in that. A, a faith-based film. That ends with a literal, you know, Paul on the uh, Saul, Paul on the road to Damascus, like scales in the eyes, fucking Jesus Christ, literally shouting from the sky. Paul, why are you persecuting me? We, if you do have a a stupid postscript like that, wouldn't you think like now that he's with God, uh, his life has turned around? <laughs> but no, the postscript's just like uh, he's drug addled and his wife has been stripped of her license and. Maybe someday they'll be okay. I'm like, what, yeah. what is knows? the moral of this story? <laughs> there is no moral in the story. You're all pieces like, I, of I shit. I thought from the post, postscript there was like he was, you know, on drugs, but he's clean now. And because like Peaches is, is, is expecting twins and. Um, oh, yeah. Peaches yeah. isn't barren Deacon anymore. Mayberry, Deacon Mayberry got arrested and sent to prison and such. So. Yes, things don't seem that great for Paul or his wife. Peaches seems to have have rebounded somehow. She's she's somehow her womb has been miraculously healed. 
Yeah, uh, the, I'm not sure who she hands it. Hand, they put hands on the womb and it just regenerated itself. Uh, yeah, I, I just this this movie is baffling in many ways because it's just you you would think it's a pretty straight setup like oh man of God tempted by the flesh and the end like that that's yeah. the whole thing then he's redeemed because he goes back to God but instead the deacon the deacon is the whole thing here like what oh, the yeah. fuck is going on with the deacon you wouldn't yeah. think the whole movie that any the deacon is just a minor character also he's the person who his wife sleeps with and th that's his only role in the film but instead in like the last five minutes of the movie, just like some fat white oaf stumbles into the church and goes like, you deacon, you've killed everyone. You're under arrest. It's like, what? <laughs> it's it. I mean, the biggest problem here is this movie feels like it has to go to 11 at all times, which is very entertaining for me, but not if you're trying to make like a serious faith based film. And I think I think the whole Peach's uh, womb situation here is a great example of that because they're having this discussion and she's like arguing with him and he's trying to go into his house and he like writes her a check. He's like, here's three thousand dollars. Just leave me alone. And she's like, no, you may be getting abortion. And she's like, yeah, that was shitty. I'm sorry. Just take the money and leave. And then you think like the conversation would just go from there and that's enough. But then she's like, then you maybe get another abortion, then another <laughs> abortion. And then. Two abortions in one day, and it just keeps going. It's like, what the fuck? We've gone into the realm of absurdity now. And, and then at the end, he's just like, well, you kept forgetting to take your birth control. It's like, why don't you wear a condom, you piece of shit? What the fuck? <laughs> oh. She was trying to trap him. It's like, what the fuck? Come yeah. on. Come yeah. on. You did it on purpose. What? Croaks due to tango here, Polly. I don't know, man. This is, uh, you know, as much as I loved Road to Damascus, I have to say it is a very long movie. <laughs> so it's over it 100 minutes. Now, Evil has a grin 74 minutes and it feels like three and a half hours. This is, it's, yeah, it's pushing a, a two hour mark, I feel like, and it feels every minute of it. So it, it does have that going. But uh, I mean, I don't know, for my money. Just, just the beginning alone, and the absurdity of trying to parse out what the whatever the fuck the plot of this is, and, and what we're supposed to learn from it is is some really great stuff. Uh you know, I I don't necessarily disagree, and this has its uh, this has its its contrail moment for me too. When again, this uh, this white fat cop who just shows up oh, out of God. nowhere, <laughs> and it, it, there's a very brief chase scene where he runs down a flight of stairs and his fat gut knocks a, a picture frame <laughs> off the wall. <laughs> they just, they don't do another take. They're just like, well, that'll One do. Take. One take. And that, I just, I lost it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it truly is the cherry on top of the shit Sunday. Absolutely I loved it. There's, there is one other aspect I want to touch on before we abandon this entirely, is that uh, there's this subplot and I, I I can't figure out what's going on with it. Like the best I can figure is like some sort of American movie type thing where this guy is like financing the movie or something because mm -hmm. it continuously keeps cutting to these two guys just sitting in a restaurant 
mumbling in the cell phones with like thick Caribbean uh, Caribbean accents. Like they they have to subtitle them. Yeah, they're totally you can't understand anything they're saying. It's just like jumba 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 It's like what what is happening? Yeah, and, it's like uh, the film was financed by Shaggy's grandpa. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's so this just keeps happening, and apparently that Paul owes this guy money for some reason, even though he's a fucking huge millionaire. I don't know why he would owe this random, uh, shabbily dressed fellow with like a, a mom and pop restaurant money. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but nonetheless, he he apparently does. This is not, it doesn't play into the plot of the film at all. You you might have thought at some point that this guy was responsible for the death of his band members, but no, it's, it was obviously the sinister deacon. This guy only comes back after the end credits, where it's just, it cuts back to him again, and he's just sitting there mumbling, and opens an envelope, and it has money in it, and that's that's it. That's the end of the movie for some reason. Yeah. So I'm like, what? This guy, it, all I could think of was an American movie where they just like wheel out the old guy and he goes like, <laughs> like, is that what's happening here? I, I think that, I mean, that has to be, this guy clearly was a producer or something or financed the film or something like that. And they guaranteed him a part, but God, it, so he's got the thick accent and they subtitle it, like you said, but what he's saying is different from what the subtitles are because what he's saying is utter nonsense. So there's subtitles, but they're also like translating what he's saying into comprehensible English, which is yeah. interesting. And then on top of that, his scenes take place over the course of the film, which in and of itself is over the course of, I don't know how long, a decent period of time because there's like a montage of Paul on tour and all this other shit. They keep cutting back to, you know, Mr. Caribbean financier but he's wearing the same fucking shirt in every single scene. He's got this like silver, like Ed Hardy bedazzled shirt on in every <laughs> single scene. So, I mean, they shot everything obviously in this like restaurant in probably 20 minutes, but in the movie, the way they cut it, they make it seem like it's over the course of who knows a fucking year. So it's just weird. He's just this mumbling old man who never changes his clothes, but he's important. Very, very important. Yeah, if they wanted to give this guy a role in the movie, why didn't they just like make him like a parishioner or something? Like, what wow. what in the hell were they thinking with this role? Like, it, well, it makes no sense. Myros, so here's my uh, that, here's my crazy extrapolation. Uh, once once you finish your statement, Steve. Oh, I'm I'm about to open a can of worms. So go. Why don't you go with what you're? <laughs> okay, go so with. this may this may be a similarly sized can that I got from Costco full of worms. Um, so did he owe him money for the church? Was that why? Paul owed him money. Possible? I don't know. It's not, it's not explained in any way. Okay. Yeah, Part I couldn't tell. Like, this for is crack this or guy church. supposed to be the devil? Oh, the devil incarnate. <laughs> but I mean, if if he is the like, what's the devil bargain exactly? He's like, hey, Paul, you owe me money, and then Paul's like, uh, yeah, I owe you money, and I'll pay you, and then he's like, okay, thank you for the money. That's yeah, like the extent know. of their interaction. So, so, so the devil, the devil finances a church to a pastor, but then to pay back the devil, the pastor has to go back into the world of secular music where he will inevitably fall and denounce God and therefore ah. the devil wins? Question mark. The ultimate payment know. is his soul. I, yeah, it, I have no clue. 
interesting yeah. that the devil would ever have to lend this guy an ounce of money, considering he's he sold like twenty two million records or something of that nature. Yeah, that yeah. was weird. <laughs> and clearly took the bulk of the money because he's the only person with a nice house, while the rest of the teardrops are in some like shithole apartment. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, love that. It it's pretty amazing. You said this audio was like largely okay, and I I will grant that it was balanced in in certainly a way that was not the case that evil has a grin, but it was not okay. Like everything was like vocal fried the high listen, hell. Listen, for this show, okay has a different meaning. <laughs> it's it was, okay it by constant little, content standards. Listenable. Again, it was just it was just a little frustrating. I feel like I had to listen to this on like ten percent volume on, on my computer because it just was like in all the top end of the voices. I'm like, I don't I don't understand. This all seems like adequately recorded but somehow it's like somebody just had the game cranked at all the yeah. max so everything is just like slightly fucking redlined and burnt up it's like i don't <laughs> i don't get this but whatever well myros before i talk about some of the reviews and then we kind of uh wrap this thing up uh, yeah. i want to point out you, you mentioned why didn't they just take this presumable financier guy and instead of giving him all these speaking parts why didn't they just make him a parishioner in the church and you know change his role a little bit so it made more sense and the answer is because the parishioners of the church is already loaded up with star power okay perhaps you noticed one leon frierson in the uh in the old audience of the church during the rap scene dancing about and uh also featured at the very end in the credit rap song that we are given. And uh, Leon Frierson, Myros, uh, you, you might remember him from a little show called All That in the 90s. But. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he seems to have transitioned to a career in music and uh, still doing a little film here and there. So, yeah, Leon Frierson, he was, he was on mostly in like the late 90s. Uh, so right. his, his most notable role was, do you remember the, the Kel sketch where he's repairman and he comes in and he says i'm uh, repairman yes. and then he breaks man, stuff man 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 yeah see it's it's funny it's funny and oh, hilarious towards the end of uh the all that run they added a sidekick for repairman called repair boy and repair boy was leon frierson so that's that's kind of what he's known for real big role so superstar and here you were thinking you were picking some some bargain basement film, and you got all this star power out there. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, well Sid Burston should be a star. The guy's a fucking dynamo. Oh, he, he is. And there's a lot of Sid Burston movies out there. Uh, I would recommend seeking them out. He's got a, quite a robust IMDb page. So if you're listening, if you're following along, if you enjoyed Road to Damascus as much as me, definitely hunt down some Sid Burston. Uh, so I, I wanted to see what people were saying on Amazon. There's not a lot of reviews for Road to Damascus from professional critics. There is one review on Box Office Revolution, which is a really shitty like Christian movie review website. Uh, and, you know, it's the kind of website where they use a default template that doesn't scale to mobile, and also they didn't bother to pay for the domain, so it's boxofficerevolution.wordpress.com. That's neither here nor there. Uh, he <laughs> likes to review movies on a scale, a one-to-five scale for several different categories, three different categories. So he does uh, production quality, plot and storyline, and acting quality, and... 
so on the five point scale for production quality, he gave it zero points. <laughs> for plot and storyline quality, he gave it a half a point. <clears throat> and for That's acting fair. quality, he gave it zero points. Oh, bullshit. Wow. So it's a 0. 0.5 out of 15. <laughs> oh, come on. Sid. Yeah. That's that and is then extremely he said, harsh. Uh, here's here's his his final um kind of breakdown here. He says in the conclusion, what is it with films that have digits in the title? <laughs> Unfortunately, the whole feel of this film is just cheap and amateurish. There's hardly anything good to say about it. Perhaps, like too many movies, it can just serve as a reminder of what not to do in filmmaking. Woo, sick burn. If the funding is not there, please wait for it to come. Because if you are meant to make a Christian film, God will make sure it happens. And I got to tell you, as someone who has watched a lot of Christian films with varying budgets, I'm going to go ahead and say that, uh, you know, I don't think he's God's going to provide the funding. And even if he does, your movie's still going to suck ass. So that's that's about all there is to it. Uh, yeah, I really don't think this movie's big problem was budget. Uh, no. I mean, the script is just fucking goddamn insane. That's the biggest problem, I would say. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't. This movie is what it is. If I were reviewing it as a Christian reviewer, I think I would take some umbrage with some of the the themes of the film. I, I don't Which feel not as if this is, is really <laughs> representative of anything remotely Christian. But there you go. Well, I'm, I'm going to give you some reviews from the, the real people. Not these fucking smarmy critics who think they fucking know everything. These fucking podcasters, these fucking bloggers. They don't know shit. It's about the real people out there. So here's a five-star review from uh, my good friend, Wynn Maynard. He says, I really enjoyed it. It showed that no matter how far you come in your walk with God, the devil is always busy plotting your downfall. It demonstrating how clearly allure is a trap. All Satan does is set the stage. Allure is not a fucking trap, dude. Like, allure gets you to the fucking trap. You use the lure so people get trapped. Those are not the same thing. You're <laughs> conflating two very different things, Win, you dumb motherfucker. All right. Three-star review from our friend Rona. Rona says, I enjoyed the movie. I love how it was not just cookie cutter, but dealt with how you can fall if you follow flesh and not God. <laughs> Don't follow that fucking flesh, man. See, you, you skipped my favorite Stalking review, is illegal. Which, which was the, the three-star review from <laughs> Tanya, which says, uh, good enough to watch. It was okay <laughs> movie. Predictable. Not great, but because I'm a sucker for God, I would watch again. I'm a sucker for God. Yeah, uh, sure. Why not watch it again, baby? Someone needs to. We don't want this getting pulled by fucking Bezos. Uh, one more five-star review. This movie has inspired me in numerous ways. This is from Catherine Garcia, by the way, in case you're wondering. I've not only enjoyed the cinematography, capital C, of the movie, but the plot itself. The definition of Damascus means an important point in someone's life where a great change or idea or belief occurs. Spelled wrong. The movie it's itself really the city. gives a vivid scenery of its overall definition. I'm going to back that up and say it one more time for you so you can fucking interpret that. The movie itself gives a vivid scenery of its overall definition. Real Roger Ebert in the making. The audience is constantly on its feet in anticipation of next scene. A must-see. Which I agree because during all the musical scenes, I was certainly on my feet clapping my hands. Because how could you? How could you not? Right? Like I mean. Dave, wait a minute. Your 
what's not in it. Here's a pen, uh. write it down, put it on wax, mm. now spin it. So many people trying to show you some mm. love, said your father walked out, so give your mama a hug. Are you on your feet right now, guys? Not to me, it's not really Are you standing? There's a cat, there's a cat on my lap right now, so oh. dancing is not in the, you know, cards at the oh. moment. Sweaty Paul, God bless him. All right, boys, so we got to wrap this up, and the way that we do this is... Max, we, we try to discern if each of the movies we've watched for this episode are an atrocity or a curiosity. That is to say, are they irredeemable or is there some value here? And for my money, with Evil Has a Grin, absolute atrocity. <laughs> There's no reason anyone should watch this. It should not be online. And if it wasn't for the director, I don't think it would be. It's an embarrassment. Your friends don't want this up here. I could easily see a lawsuit that would get this taken down just because it's it's defamation. Uh, <laughs> Myros, evil has a grand atrocity or curiosity? Uh, you know, it's like 99% atrocity, but I am curious about that contrail. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Max, how about you? Uh, just evil has a grin first. Just Steve or, has a grin. Um, absolute um, atrocity. Uh, there's better low-budget horror movies you could watch, uh, better satirical, you know, poking fun at, you know, horror movies you could watch. The There's there's nothing, nothing redeemable about that movie, except for maybe that one little weird dream sequence where you're wondering if maybe you got dosed from your drink for, you know, that three minutes or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, uh... No, don't the contrary. Don't, don't watch it. Don't don't watch yeah. it. I say I that as a man that. who's watched many bad movies of his own volition. Maybe not as bad as movies that you guys have been watching, but still, many bad movies. Yeah, and I, I would add that there are far better completely unwatchable movies than this unwatchable movie. So there's that too. Uh moving on to Road to Damascus. For me, no doubt in my mind this I, this it's not great <laughs> but there's enough here there's some stuff to sink your teeth into so for me it's an absolute curiosity uh at, at the very least i would recommend looking it up on youtube so you can listen to the banging soundtrack and watch some of the scenes we've talked about because there's there's some gems in here myros how about for you yeah another way you can you can kind of make the time pass in this movie is it's one of these things that that there's probably literally 20 songs on the on in the backing track you know i don't know that there's a soundtrack for this film but if there were it would be a long one they they work in endless uh horrible songs and you can pass some of the uh low points by listening try to catch some of the lyrics to these songs because they're all fucking inane and ridiculous and <laughs> I, if this movie was like 85 minutes long it would be it would be great it would be fantastic it would be exactly what you wanted a bad movie unfortunately it's a little long in the tooth, but for Sid alone, curiosity. Max, how about you? Yeah, I'll, I'll ask you that Road to Damascus is a little bit long, but if you ever have watched the Blues Brothers and saw the scene with James Brown as Reverend Cleophas James as the Reverend of the Triple Rock Baptist Church and thought to yourself, I would like more of that, definitely check <laughs> out this movie. That's a good selling point. Yeah, You know, it, it's interesting because we brought Max here to be the deciding vote because of the stalemates we've, we've been up against lately on the show. And we're like, we need a third person. It's the only way to make this happen. 
And I feel like we have a clear cut winner for the worst movie this week. Yeah. And my, my vote is, is going to evil has a grin is, is, are we in, is this a consensus agreement here? I think it's pretty, yes, I think so. I, th- I think yeah. so. That's good. Mark another one up for me, Myra. So I think I'm back in the lead now. Yeah, we'll tally that someday. Uh, or we might just start from scratch now that we're going with the three-man format. We'll see. Yeah, but either you way, you'll you be go. in the lead. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Well, oh, if you enjoyed- Before I go, fun fact. If you Google Road to Damascus, there is an actual Road to Damascus church in California. Oh. With the, with the two in the name of the church. Well, this does seem to be filmed in California, so perhaps it is a tie-in. Yeah. It's filmed in Corvina. Yeah. Yeah. It looked very Bakersfield adjacent, I will say. <laughs> apparently, it's in Gardena, California. Gardena. Okay. Founding huh. date, November 2012. Interesting. Maybe he just used the... Uh, maybe he embezzled all the money from the film and just started an actual church. Yeah. Also the, a possibility. The film was 2011, so it was, it was founded after the film. <laughs> this so is it's a, it was a marketing push. Amazing. The ultimate marketing push is you start a church with your film's name in it. It's it's just getting more curious. There's, there's got to be some sort of tax magic that can be done because of that. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> All right. Well, if you enjoyed the podcast today, uh, please click the link in the description to this podcast. That'll take you to our iTunes page where you can do us a big favor and give us a five-star written review on iTunes. And why would you do that? You're asking yourself. And the answer is... Because it takes like three fucking seconds, man. And it helps us out a lot. Makes our visibility uh, much, much better on iTunes. And the more visible we are, then uh, more people can see our content. And the more people can see our content, the more things we can create for you. What a beautiful symbiotic relationship that we have. So do us a favor. Literally take you two seconds. We'll definitely appreciate that. Max, anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah. Uh, check out Good Brews, Bad Views. Uh, we're on all the usual social media places facebook twitter and instagram uh we're currently in a hiatus for the time being because of the covid and such but we've got a you know 90 plus episode backlog you can uh listen to uh, the sweet sounds of steve cuff and i and our friend claire talking about uh going to see cats uh last uh december uh that that's our last thing we put out um as a little treat uh, for mm-hmm. for listeners, so go uh go listen talk listen to us talk about the fuckability of various serial mascots. That's you know a large portion of that recording. I I would also recommend that, and it, it really speaks to the the power of uh, COVID nineteen in this pandemic. When you know you you can't create new content, so you have to release a uh, a room recording of Steve Cuff like blackout drunk screaming about fucking cartoon characters. So yeah, we we were uh, we'd been drinking since yeah. like three in the afternoon that day. <laughs> it's it's high quality stuff i recommend it and i recommend you check out uh the other podcast they have it's it's a really interesting format that they do where it's it's almost like a um like an audio commentary that, that kind of goes along with the movie so you can kind of watch the movie and, and then you get their commentary over it it's it's good shit so give it a yeah. give it a listen you'll it, it'll help you pass the time the podcast is designed to be listened to alongside of the movie but we do uh, our best to kind of narrate what's going on in the event that you're just going for the audio experience. We eventually, we originally started off as sort of like a MST3K or Rift Traps kind of thing, but have since come to kind of discuss things we appreciate about these bad movies that we uh, are watching, and as well as the beer we are drinking alongside of it. So we're not just, you know, 
Kraken wise in movies because really anybody can do that. That's so. right. Yeah, it's good shit. That's what Dual makes threat. us exceptionally useless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we make fun of movies that no one's going to watch anyway. Ha <laughs> ha! Caustic content, baby! It's great. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much. Max, appreciate you being on, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks for having me.